If there was one song that perfectly describes how Jersey Jack and Stern fans go at each other every time a new pin is launched, it's this. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. 24 hours after Led Zeppelin was revealed to the world and the debate rages on. And here's the funny part about all of this. Nobody's even played the game. Nobody's seen the game in motion. I think the only thing you can really critique at this standpoint is maybe the layout, but you haven't seen it flipped. And obviously the artwork, which is super subjective. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Isn't it time that everybody in this pinball hobby stops looking at these games like these are political candidates, like we have to choose one or the other and we have to go on these campaigns to say that this game is good because that game sucks? I mean, really? Surely there's another way to review these games and look at these games without always having to be a stern apologist or an overly ridiculous JJP fanboy, okay? And I like I heard someone say to me, even me, they're like, Kaneda, you're a shill for Jersey Jack Pinball. Kaneda, you're a shill for Guns N' Roses. There is no pinball podcaster on this planet that has gone after JJP harder than Kaneda. Have you people forgotten the I Am The Law podcast? Have you forgotten how many times Times I held Jersey Jack Pinball's feet to the fire over their quality control issues with their playfields? Do people forget this? I am a shield to nobody. I have no agenda. I don't care if none of these companies call me back. I'm doing this podcast just to tell you how I feel about this industry. And I'm here to tell you right now, it is so exhausting whenever a new game comes out to listen to all the bickering, moaning, and groaning back and forth on these games. Here's what I want to talk about on this short episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I want to air for you George Gomez's response to him seeing Led Zeppelin's art package for the first time. This is a world exclusive. I think you're going to really enjoy what George Gomez thought about this art package when he saw it for the first time. I also want to talk about the sales tactics that are being used right now by these pinball companies where they take your money, it's non-refundable before you can even see the game flipped. This is not about Led Zeppelin. This is happening across the board in pinball, and I think it needs to stop. And I think as buyers of pinball, it is up to us to put our foot down and say, we're not going to do this. We're not going to lock our money in until we see this game and we know we want this game. I know that's hard to do, and it's especially hard to do when it's a dream theme. It's almost like, take my money now. I don't even care what I see. But let's start this show first with some good news, some positive news in the pinball world. So Rick and Morty, Charlie over at Spooky Pinball. And if you ever needed a reason to understand why people love Chuck, and why people love Spooky Pinball and why they respond so positively to Spooky Pinball. It's because of moves like this. So for Rick and Morty owners out there, I was one of them. One of the issues with their game is the right flipper is finicky. And there's something with the bushings in the right flipper button. And the flipper needs like an extender to hit the switch on the right flipper. And it can sometimes lead to erratic behavior on the part of the right flipper in Rick and Morty. And some people have given suggestions on how to fix this. I know Odin was giving some suggestions. And what did Charlie do? He heard the issues people were having with the game. He saw some of the solutions people were trying to implement, and he went back to the manufacturer who's making the parts 
for his game. They are going to retool that area in the game, and I think there's something with additional bushings in it that will make the part work more effectively if you are having issues. And if you would like the part for free, they will mail it to you for free, and they will put it into all new Rick and Mortys moving forward. This is customer service done right. This is what a company does when they listen to customers who are having issues and they find a solution and they are passing that solution on to everybody. And this is why people love Spooky Pinball. It's moves like this and this is great. So thank you to Chuck and company for doing this. It was such a cool thing to see. And for those of you out there who are like, well, they should have figured this out in the Whitewood stage and they shouldn't even have an issue with the game. You guys are just jerks. Go away. Okay. This is part of pinball. Part of pinball is finding things that you didn't find early on and then making solutions for it and passing it on to the customer. And it's passed on free of charge. He's not, he could easily charge you for shipping. He could easily charge you for the part. We've seen other manufacturers do that when they catch a mistake. They actually try to charge customers for the fix. No, this is free. So thank you, Chuck. I can still hear people moaning and groaning about the Led Zeppelin art package. And if you go on the pin side, there was a survey about whether or not people like this art package. And over 50% of people think that the art package, the words they use, this is their words, not mine. They think the art packages on Led Zeppelin suck. So I was curious what George Gomez thinks about this because most of the Stern pinball machines we've seen of late have been beautiful. They've had three art packages on each model. They all look amazing. I went on sternpinball.com last night and I looked at all the recent releases from Stern, from Munsters to Jurassic Park to Avengers to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They all look colorful. They're all illustrated so nicely. And then I look at Led Zeppelin and I'm like, what went on here? And so here's what happened apparently, that George Gomez didn't oversee the art package on Led Zeppelin. He said to the team over at Stern, he said, I trust you're gonna make this game look as good as the rest of the titles in our portfolio, and I don't wanna see anything until Tuesday when the rest of the world sees it. Now, now here's what happened. They revealed the game to the world and George Gomez called in the Led Zeppelin team into his office, and here was what George Gomez said to them after he saw the art package on Led Zeppelin and realized they were very lazy and just slapped album art across every single panel on the cabinets. I don't ever want to see it again! <laughs> ever! <laughs> and if you don't do it, you're fired! And if I see you do it again, you're gone! And anyone on this crew does it! That's it! And you too! And you too! And you! Don't you ever do it again! That's it! No apologies! You can tell it to the people that are losing their homes! Because our industry is shut down! It's not going to put food on their table! Or pay for their college education! That's what I sleep with every night! In the future of this industry! So I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apology! Is it understood? If I see it again, you're gone. And so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And I see it on the set, you're gone. And you're gone. Well, I guess that's why they call it Stern Pinball. I guess they're not going to be messing up art packages in the future. So here's the thing. This art package is what it is. I don't really like it. I think most of you out there don't like it. And it's unfortunate because, you know, you're not going to be able to change it. You could change the powder coating on some of the armor, but it is what it is. But here's the thing. You don't play artwork. You play the pinball machine. Will this pinball machine be fun? Will it redeem itself after its lukewarm 
first impression. We will know more on Friday when this game is streamed. Now, here's the thing. When they stream this game, I hope we can hear the audio on it because there is a very good chance. I mean a very good chance. When Jack Danger streams this game, they are going to block out the Led Zeppelin songs. I'm seeing people who are uploading their kids playing Guns N' Roses and Facebook takes down the audio from all of these clips and you just have to watch it muted. So will this be a problem for Stern Pinball and their ability to showcase this game to consumers of it? Now, here's the point I wanted to make earlier on. So I want people to think about this timing for a minute. And this is why I think it's really unfortunate the way pinball buyers have to commit to something well before they know it's something they really want. Yes, you might know you want the theme, but is the game good? Is the game something you want? And here's the problem I have with the strategy that Stern is doing. It's a strategy that distributors are doing, and it's basically putting the consumer in the worst possible position imaginable. And here's the time frame that happens. They announce a new game. Consumers have to commit to these popular LEs within a 24 hour period, the distributors go to people on Tuesday and say, Stern has just revealed Led Zeppelin LE. If you want one, you have to give me a deposit on it that is non-refundable. And the reason they say they have to do that so that they can prevent people from putting a deposit on the game and then asking for their money back when they see the game is something they might not want. And then the distributors are saying, well, we have to order from Stern this many titles. And what's happened in the past is we get burns because we place an order on a machine and then people bail on the game. And then we're stuck holding all of the Stranger Things stock and inventory. And so by making it non-refundable, we're protecting ourselves from losing out in the future. And I don't buy it. Here's why I don't buy that. And I think it's a bogus excuse because because everyone will tell you that every single Stern LE is already sold through to distributors. Every distributor out there, they tell Stern how many LEs they want each time. And here's what they have to do. They have to commit to a number of LEs they want from Stern Pinball. And say, let's say they commit to 20 LEs. They are committing to buying 20 LEs on all Stern titles moving forward. And Stern does that wisely because they want to make sure that if you're going to get 20 of my hot title, you also have to take 20 of a title that might not be so hot. And then the onus is on you to find buyers for that title. And Stern does that to hedge their bets so that they are selling through product regardless of the popularity. They know that all 500 LEs every time a new game comes out, it is sold through to all the distributors. So here's my problem with it though. So on Tuesday, when you see Led Zeppelin and all you have is what we got, everyone who went in on it had to commit to a non-refundable deposit on whether or not they wanted the game. They don't get to see it. They don't get to see gameplay. They don't get to see very much. And without being able to see how the game flips, they are already committed to the game. And I just don't like that. I don't like that model anymore. I think it's absolutely bogus that consumers have to do this. Now, here's the thing. Nobody's making any of us buy these games. Nobody's making you give a distributor a deposit. This is the policy. This is the rules by which Stern wants you to play. This is the rules by which distributors want you to play. But you have ultimate power here as a consumer. You do. The power you wield is this. 
just don't do it. Why would you go in on a game before you know it's any good or not? Now, there's only one answer that I will ever accept to that question. The only time I think it makes sense to go in on this stuff before you see it, if it's a dream theme. For me, the one thing that I'm so confused about in pinball, with pinball prices being where they're at, you know, $6,000 to $13,000, why would you ever buy a pinball machine unless it was a dream theme. I don't understand why people feel the need to own every single new machine. The other thing I'm gonna say is this, I don't get why anybody, and I mean this, why anybody would ever buy a music pin if you're not a huge fan of that musical act. I don't understand that. I don't care how good Iron Maiden shoots. If you don't like Iron Maiden, why would you wanna own that pin? I don't understand why people would buy Guns N' Roses if they don't love Guns N' Roses. Same thing with Led Zeppelin. If you don't love Led Zeppelin, why would you buy Led Zeppelin pinball? It's not like there aren't hundreds of other pinball themes out there that are great that you could also buy and surely you would want to play something that has a theme that emotionally means more to you than a band you might not be that into. I don't get it. I don't get it. And see, some people would argue and say, well, if the pinball machine is good, it doesn't really matter on the theme. I I disagree. I disagree. And again, I disagree because of where these games are priced. Isn't it too expensive to just get a game and see if you like it or not? I'll never understand that. I think there's just a section of this hobby that wants to want everything. And you can see it when you read Pinside. There's that phrase that I cannot stand. It is the one phrase that is such bogus BS and it is basically the byproduct of people who are addicted to needing something new. These are like the grown men who need to unbox a new pin every few months just to do it. Not because they love the theme, not because it's like it's speaking to them. They just want to want the pinball machine. And the phrase they always use, and I've seen it over and over and over today on Pinside, it's starting to grow on me. It's starting to grow on me. The more I look at Led Zeppelin, it's starting to grow on me. Get the F out of here with that starting to grow on me. A pinball machine isn't starting to grow on me. Is that really? Is that really what pinball does to people? It starts to grow on you. Come on. Come on. Either you love a theme or you don't. Either you love the way a game looks or you don't. Either you love a layout or you don't. It's starting to grow on me. Look, and some of this is just me doing this for entertainment's sake, people, because yes, you might get a game where initially it doesn't really speak to you. And the more you play it and the more you pull back the layers of the code, then people might realize that there's much more there than meets the eye. I get it, okay? Some of this is meant to be satire, so stop getting so upset with Canada. But man, when you look at Led Zeppelin, and you look at this art package, and you look at what's in the game, I think it's kind of like a middle-of-the-road game. I don't think there's anything here that's blowing people away. I don't think there's anything here that's wowing people, and I don't think it's great theme integration. That's my biggest gripe with this machine. The more I look at it, it's not starting to grow on me more. The more I look at it, the more I feel like it was such a missed opportunity to bring the Led Zeppelin theme to life. And let me explain why. Look at Steve Ritchie's ACDC. Look at what he did with ACDC. Look at the mechs in ACDC. You had the train. You had the TNT. You had the the bell, the Hell's Bell. You had everything that was the ACDC world brought to life in physical form 
on this game, and that stuff interacted with the ball, okay? What in Led Zeppelin on this pinball machine physically interacts with the ball that is the Led Zeppelin world being brought to life? What? I don't see it. The Icarus guy, he just pops up and down and he's on every pop bumper. How lazy is that? The magic mech in the middle that pops up with the blimp spinner, that's lazy. What about the whole Led Zeppelin? That's the whole thing. Led Zeppelin, a balloon that goes down and crashes. You're telling me that when you start making Led Zeppelin pinball, that you're not sitting in a room and the major mech in the game is not going to be a Led Zeppelin that you lock the balls inside the blimp and then the blimp falls and crashes and unlocks the balls for multi-ball? How do you not design the game to revolve around that? That is the part that just says to me one thing. It almost feels like this game was just designed and they slapped the Led Zeppelin theme on top of it. It really does. And I think that's the big difference people are noticing with Guns N' Roses where Eric and Slash designed the game from the ground up to feel like you were going to a Guns N' Roses concert. You know, I, I was listening to Jeff Teolis' podcast and you should listen to it. He talks to Tim Sexton for 30 minutes about the rule set in the game and what they're going for. And Tim says, we wanted this game to feel like you were at a Led Zeppelin concert. Now, doesn't that sound very familiar to the strategy of Guns N' Roses pinball. Now, look at the two games. Which game is bringing to life the feeling of going to a concert? The only part of Led Zeppelin that feels like you're going to a concert is that it plays one song after another. And Tim says it, it feels like a concert when you go from one song to the next. To me, that doesn't feel like a concert. That just feels like a Spotify playlist when you go from one song to the next. That just feels like you're playing the album on a record player. What makes it feel like going to a concert is the lights, is the crowd, is the energy. It's the shaker motor going when a song begins. And that's what Guns N' Roses is all about. And for those of you who haven't played it, you're going to experience that. And I think it's going to blow you away. So very similar strategies about what these two music pins were supposed to be. And then the lighting system on the side, right? They're both trying to do similar things with lights to give you that atmosphere of being at a rock and roll show. So we're going to see on Friday how well Led Zeppelin executes that. We also heard from Tim Sexton that they are going to have concert footage from the 1970s of Led Zeppelin. So curious to see how much they have and how they implement it. Is it going to be like Guns N' Roses in which you're actually seeing them on the screen singing the songs at the exact moment we see the band, right? So they're going to sync up the artists with the track. So, so much more is to come on Led Zeppelin. But unfortunately, for those 500 LE buyers out there, they're not going to be able to see whether or not it's for them before they've committed. And I do think that that is unfortunate. But again, as I was saying, you have the power. I really don't understand why people feel like they need to own so many of these machines. And I mean it. And this is something that no distributor wants you to feel. This is something that no company wants you to feel. This is just Canada with no agenda telling you right now. There are so many games out there. There are so many pinball machines on the market. There are so many pinball machines coming down the road. Why do you feel the need to own every single new machine that comes out? Wouldn't you only wanna own themes that are dream themes for you? And I get it, some people just get bored and they want another pinball game, but the problem with pinball to me is this, these aren't $60 video games. This isn't like every time I get bored with my new Xbox, I just download a new $70 game and I can play it and if I don't like it, whatever, I'm just out 70 bucks. 
These things are six to $13,000. They're humongous 350 pound boxes that you have to move into your home. And maybe for some of you that doesn't factor in and you don't really care, but man, it's crazy to me that people basically buy pinball machines like they're buying dinner. For me, the dream is this. This is the dream for me. I definitely wanna move into a house one day. I definitely wanna have a few pinball machines, but I only wanna have machines that are my dream themes. I don't care how well the game shoots. It means more to me that the theme is a dream of mine. It does. I'd rather have a dream theme that shoots okay than an amazing shooting pin that's a theme I could care less about. I, I mean that. I would rather have Lord of the Rings, which is clunky. It is a clunky shooter. I would much rather have clunky Lord of the Rings than Black Knight that flows beautifully. I would much rather have Big Trouble in Little China if it shot clunky than an amazing shooting Iron Maiden. That's me though, that's my preference. See, for some people out there, the pinball shots matter more than the actual theme. That's what they look for. They look for combos, they look for flows. And guess what? Neither one of us is right. This is each of our subjective journey on what we look for in pinball. But I will say this, I will say this, where I think modern pinball is falling down. Let me end on this note. This is where I think most modern pinball falls down for me. It's not even about theme. It's not even about layout. For me, most modern pinball falls down in one area. I just don't think magical moments are coded into the game. I think the coding in this industry is the part that needs more creativity. I do. I just feel like so much of the code, and when I hear people explain the rules of a game, it becomes chess, it becomes mathematic, and it's almost like they're coding these games so that people who play in tournaments can figure out ways to get to multipliers and ways to get to multiballs. But man, it's like, what's the moment you code it? What's the thing you're coding into this game that's gonna make me feel something? And I'm telling you, that's why Guns N' Roses is so special because when you see the way they coded the lights, the way they bring the song and the concert to life, I get it. It might not shoot like the greatest pinball machine in the world, but there's something there. They created an atmosphere. They created an environment. So when we see Zeppelin on Friday. I don't want to know how to get to like platinum records. I don't want to know how to get to multipliers. I don't want to know how the scoring is structured. I want to see if this game makes you feel something. I want to see if this game pulls me in on an emotional level. That to me is what's so important in pinball. Does it do that? And I think a lot of the people in this industry who are coding it, they are professional pinball players and that's what they look for as a professional pinball player. But most of the owners in pinball, most of the people who buy these machines are not those people. We are homeowners and we want to be entertained by the game. The entertainment of the game does not come through the pathway to scoring. It comes through coding moments into the machine. To me, that is what matters most. And the greatest coders of all time, Keith Johnson, Lyman Sheets, you know what those gentlemen can do? They do both. They code the moments that are magical, and they also give you a lot of different ways to build your score. That's why those two gentlemen are the best coders in pinball. And I know there's a lot of new coders coming up that people love, Raymond Davison, I know Tim Sexton's doing new stuff that people love, but that's the magic. Can Steve Bowden bring that magic to Raza? I don't know, I'm not seeing it yet in the Raza streams. Are you seeing moments in Raza? We've seen it a few times. We've seen about an hour or two of Raza being played. And so that's it. And is it too much for Canada to say 
the thing that I want, the trifecta I want, if I had to put it in order, if I could be on a desert island and have one final pin, it would be a dream theme, it would shoot great, and it would be coded in a way that never gets old because it has so many moments coded into the game that just make you feel something. And for those of you out there who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the feeling you get when you play Lord of the Rings and you get to there and back again. And if you've never been there, and if you've never played that game and got to there and back again, then you don't know what I'm talking about. You have to understand these games have such potential. And that's why I love doing this podcast because I love looking at every new pinball machine through that lens. How well did this game reach the potential of pinball? Not just how well did it theme integrate Led Zeppelin, not just how well are the rules in the game, how much did this new game, every new game that is born into this world, has such great potential to reach the level of pinball greatness. Now, they don't want me saying this. They don't want me saying this. What they want me to tell you is every game is great. You should buy every game. We should champion all pinball. All pinball is amazing. All pinball is fun. That's what you should be saying, Canada. You're a toxic person because you're not celebrating every single game. No. For these prices, for these prices, we should expect nothing less than the best. And when you look at Led Zeppelin, it's up to you to ask, is this the best they could do with this theme? There's no excuses at these prices anymore. I don't care what the licensor gave them. I don't care. You're charging me 9,200 bucks. I don't care. There are no excuses. This game better be freaking amazing. Everybody, this has been episode 542 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It's Twippy season. We're starting to unchain Canada. We're starting to let him loose a little bit more. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm going to read some of your emails on my next podcast. So email me, CanadaPinball at gmail.com, what your thoughts are on Led Zeppelin. What do you think about my ranting and raving on this episode? Do you agree with me? Am I an idiot? Should I shut up and go play some more tournaments? You tell me how you feel and you'll make it on the air. Canada out. Yes, I can.